Hello and welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Lauren Council, your Editor-in-Chief. We have another exciting podcast for you today. We hope that you enjoy. Hi, welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Carrie Martin, interviewing today Dr. Andrea Kirkosi to discuss the article, Dupilumab Improves Clinical Manifestations, Symptoms, and Quality of Life in Adult Patients with Chronic Nodular Perigo. Welcome so much, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm so excited to hear about this paper that you've written because this is such a common problem that I think a lot of us struggle with, and it really adds a lot to the field. So I'm excited to hear your take on things. First, I just wanted to give a little bit more of an introduction to the audience. I am hearing that you have been working as a fellow at the Lab for Investigative Dermatology prior to your current position as a senior researcher at the Institute of Dermatology at the Catholic University of Rome. And you run an outpatient ambulatory setting dedicated to inflammatory skin diseases, specializing in psoriasis, hydradenitis, and atopic dermatitis. Can you tell us a little bit of how this specific paper with Perigo nodularis came to be or your ideas on where this research started from? Yeah, the idea came because there were some preclinical evidence supporting the hypothesis that chronic nodular pride could be driven by the TH2 pathway. And now we have a new drug blocking both IL-4 and IL-13 signaling, dupilumab indeed, that could block the TH2 pathway, improving skin manifestations and skin symptoms in atopic dermatitis. But we know chronic nodular pruigo can be considered a clinical variant of AD, but sometimes chronic nodular pruigo can be unrelated to, to AD. So there is no history of AD in our patients with nodular chronic pruigo, but there were some evidence supporting that clinical manifestations and itching related to chronic nodular pruigo could be mediated by the same pathway. So uh, we decided to test dupilumab in our patients with chronic nodular pruigo, and there were a few reports describing a successful response to dupilumab therapy in a very limited number of patients. So we decided to collect a relatively large number of patients with chronic nodular pruigo treated with dupilumab therapy. So in this way, we could identify patients with uh, chronic nodular pruigo related or unrelated to AD. And this is, was the main aim of this study, trying to prove the dupilumab effectiveness independently from the relative introduction and presence of AD in these patients. Wonderful. And do you mind going a little bit further and just summarizing for our audience, if they have not read the paper yet, your outcomes, your findings? Yeah. In this retrospective multicentric study, we included 27 patients that were assessed by an investigator global assessment and NRS 0 to 10 scale uh, for evaluating the intensity of each and the sleep disturbances and DLQI for assessing uh, patients' quality of life. What we had is um, uh, almost all patients were treated at least for four weeks with dupilumab therapy, and 85% of them achieved at least 16 weeks of treatment. 
And we could identify two subgroup of patients, one with chronic nodular pruigo related to AD in another group with nodular chronic pruigo unrelated to AD. And we proved that we obtained the same efficacy in treating this subcohort of patients. So basically, we observed a, an improvement in all skin symptoms and skin manifestation in both groups with rapid improvement of skin manifestations that could be observed since uh, uh, week four. And this improvement consistently increased throughout the study period, and it was associated with an improvement of the LQI. Wonderful. I know that's huge for a lot of us because it can be a very difficult disease to treat, uh, especially when first-line therapies aren't effective. How are you using these findings in your practice now? Are you using dupilumab early to treat pridonodularis? So we have some restrictions in using dupilumab therapy in these patients because of some guidelines defined by the National Healthcare Authority. So they need to fail at least one systemic conventional agent, usually cyclosporin, which is approved for the treatment of atopic dermatitis. And then we are allowed to use dupilumab therapy for these kind of patients. The use of dupilumab in chronic nodular pruigo, when it is unrelated to AD, can be considered like an off-label treatment. But this is um, still debated because if we consider it as a clinical variant, I know there is no scale, for instance, uh, the easy score to evaluate disease severity. And easy score is the one that the National Healthcare Authority uses for Mm -hmm. assessing disease severity in these patients. But we may ask an off-label use for these kind of patients. Yeah. And it's great to have this article to be able to use and submit to different payers and companies to show its effectiveness. Exactly. I think this is important because we need to have multiple lines of evidence that that this kind of treatment can be beneficial for these type of patients because their life is completely destroyed by the disease because it's very debilitating disease because of the intense itching. That's why I, I think it's important to lead Uh, different kind of evidence in order to prove this drug, even for nodular chronic pruigo unrelated to AD. Yeah, absolutely. Was there anything you were surprised about in doing this study? Anything that maybe you weren't expecting? I thought the drug could be a little bit slower in these kind of patients because skin manifestations sometimes are there for so many years And it's not like just a patch of AD. It's a real itching nodule that can be there for so many months and weeks. That's why I was surprised to have uh, early results since uh, and good results since week four. That was surprising to me that we had an early response that was consolidated throughout the, the, the study period. And the maximum efficacy was around the 36 weeks But of course, there was a retrospective study. So it was just a limited number of patients observed in a retrospective way. So we cannot, of course, have some important conclusions about the effectiveness uh, and the the rapidity of this drug. But it was surprised to have early response in these patients. 
Yeah, that's great. Cause those patients suffer for so long, probably before they reach you or trying other medicines. So it's great that the dupilumab right. is such a quick improvement, getting them really some really rapid relief. Yeah, that was really surprising to me. What next steps do you have for further study of either dupilumab or chronic nodular parigo? Actually, we were thinking about the, the scale we use for this study because well, we defined a new investigator global assessment scale. But I think there is a lack of a validated and common scale used for chronic nodular parigo. And actually, this is a problem because it's really hard to compare data from different studies because usually they're being used different scales, different scores. So it's, it's very hard to make a comparison from other trials or other studies comparing our outcomes. So the comparison, I think it's really important. And across different studies, we detected a very large number of non-validated scales. That's why our next step will be to validate this kind of scale, the IGA scale, that could be, we hope so, a, a very useful and simple method to assess disease severity in these patients. Yeah, that would be great for a whole variety of studies then moving on beyond that and hopefully be able to allow a little easier multi-site studies and like you said, kind of comparison studies across different treatments and all of that. As you mentioned, that the easy score doesn't really take into consideration nodules. I mean, it, like kinification, yes, but parigo nodule is a, a little bit its own separate entity. So that'd be really helpful to further studies. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, the, the easy score cannot cover all the clinical features of chronic nodular parigo. So there is a need of a validated scale. And probably with this study, what we did was just to propose a simple and very useful scale because usually when you have just a few grades of severity, it's very static. So it's really hard to find dynamics for this kind of disease. There were some attempts, but they were complicated to apply into clinical practice. So we try to define a new scale with zero to five grades, which is not a dynamic scale, but we have some measure that can evaluate the response to treatment over time. Yeah. And it sounds like not too complicated either. So easy for researchers and clinicians to use in a busy practice. Right. Yeah. Are there any other points from the study you'd like to share with the audience? Anything we've missed? We already talked about the fact that we had a similar response in these groups. And I think that was another finding that was considered like given, but it was not given because at least we had half of the population that was a pure chronic nodular parigo without any AD his personal history or AD concurrent lesions. And in these patients, the, we had the same response as in the other subgroup. So it means that probably dupilumab is effective as well as in, uh, in non-AD-related nodular parigo. And this is probably the most relevant finding. Actually, those patients who achieved the longest period of observation were patients with unrelated AD uh, nodular chronic parigo. And actually, the number of dropouts in this study was very low because we had like three dropouts and about 
20, 28%, actually I don't remember, of conjunctivitis, which is in line with those findings in AD for conjunctivitis related to the pill map. But uh, we did not observe an increase of adverse events or side effects. Yeah, and that was the most important piece of the study, I believe, or the most surprising to me as well is that the patients without a history of atopic dermatitis or the concurrent atopic dermatitis still had such an amazing improvement, which I think is probably the biggest takeaway from the study here. Correct. Thank you so much for joining us. It was great to have this discussion on this month's Dialogues in Dermatology. Again, this is Carrie Martin, and thank you for your attention and listening today. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. This is Lauren Council, your Editor-in-Chief. For more podcasts, including bonus issues, check us out online at the website of the American Academy of Dermatology or through the Dialogues in Dermatology app. You can now also sync your subscription to your favorite podcast app. New podcasts are released each week in addition to our monthly JAD podcast. We hope you enjoyed these new options for listening to Dialogues and the increased content for your listening pleasure. Thank you.